Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. Back-to-back episode deal, that's what's popping. Back-to-back episodes? Yes, we go back-to-back sometimes. You know why? Because you got to go hang out with family members you really don't like but only see once a year. Um, what are you talking about? I love those family members. Actually, truth be told, I get to go hang out with family members. Mm-hmm. Get to, not have to. Right? I get to do this. Mm-hmm. They are my wife's cousins. Even worse. That are 21 and up only. Okay. No kids. By the time this airs, I probably will be getting home or on my way home because we're having to work ahead. No, we call it Cousin Palooza. We do it every two years. This is our fifth time doing it. Biannual. Biannual. And we all look forward to it. Like, look forward to it. Can't wait. There are cousins right now. Mm -hmm who are 20 years of age mm-hmm. in 10 months and pissed uh, uh, that they missed the cutoff who, by two months. Like, who brings the shrooms? Nobody? It's, like, not one of those kind of family retreats? I can't. Mm, I can't, can't name I names. Can't, I almost got them. You almost got it. <laughs> You're you like, how'd you know? Your eyes got, how'd you know? Like, how'd you oh, know? who'd you talk to? <laughs> who told you? Yeah, so no, we always rent this big house. Yeah. Um, we pick different parts of the country. We've done Lake of the Ozarks. We've done Anna Maria Island in Florida. We've done Austin, Texas. Word. We're going to Nashville. Smashville. Why do people like that Nash- city? It's Vegas. not good. Um, half the people are coming from Chicago. Half are coming from Florida. So it's in the middle? It's in the middle. So that helps. Some of the younger people need the ability to drive because they're on smaller budgets. Can't come, sorry. Well, we told that to the 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, yes. And there's some that are like 16, and they're like, when do I get to come? Like in five years, buddy. But no, it's Cousin Palooza. We are all looking forward to it. It is a family event. Bring back Can't a shirt. Wait. Bring back a shirt, because you guys do get shirts made, don't you? Yeah, we have, we have shirts made, yes. Like uniforms. We have we have shirts, yep. Good, you know, good. Your sleeve color designates whether or not you're a cousin or an outlaw. Good for you to like actually hold the family together to like actually have these events back-to-back. I don't know. Me? Uh, you mean my wife? Yeah. And like her, her cousin, yeah, Laura. Yeah, that's good. Her sister, Melissa. Yeah. The three of them. Mm-hmm. It's funny. The boy cousins, mm, not so much. Yeah. The girl cousins, they do a great job of yeah. putting it together. The boy cousins do a great job of showing up. I That's remember, what they yeah. do a great job. They show up, and they bring the noise, and we yeah. have a great time. But then I remember the only thing I remember about family reunions is, like, back in the day, they were cool. You were a kid. But then you got older and realized some of your family ain't shit, so you got to cut them off. Well, here's the problem. No aunts and uncles. And no small children. Oh, you said cousin palooza. Cousin palooza. Sorry, I just think family. Yeah, I no, guess, it's yeah. cousins. Oh. Yeah, screw you, auntie. We, the the youngest will be twenty two years of age. Okay, that's cool. The twins. Gotcha. Yep, the twins, and then my cousin yes, palooza. and then there's a spouse who's like fifty two. So um, we span twenty two to fifty two, mm-hmm. and we rent a. This house has a slip and slide. What the f- it has an arcade. This house, I mean, it's yeah, it's only like five acres. We're about a half hour north of Nashville. So we'll spend Saturday and Sunday in Nashville, down on Broadway, which, mm-hmm. by the way, my heaven. It's trash. It's heaven, John. Heaven. I cannot wait. Man. I cannot wait. And then Sunday, about 4 o'clock, we'll head up north. Light up fireworks? No, at 4 p.m., not July 4th. Damn. At 4 p.m., we'll, we'll head up, we'll check into the house, and then it's on like Donkey Kong. Nice. Beer pong, flip cup, playing the, the uh, game 31. We have lip sync battles. Jesus. Like we do it up. We no cameras it up. allowed. All camera, all cell phones in the wicker basket. So 
what stays here leaves here or some shit. I guess so. You know, I watched a really cool documentary on yep. Nashville. Oh. Not Nashville, on Las Vegas. Nashville, they call it Nash Vegas. For some dumb But reason. Las Vegas is who started What Happens in Vegas Stays, stays in Vegas. In Vegas. But after a decade plus, there's many that actually despise that, and they feel like it took their city to a level that they would have preferred it didn't. Yeah, have you been to Vegas? That's exactly what happens. Not yeah. my problem. I didn't write the rules. But, hey, I know you have a couple shout-outs before we get into today's episode. No, I just want to um, remind everyone, our loan officer specifically, that August 24th, Charlotte, North Carolina, our friends at Rosegate Mortgage, Shout out Rosegate. along with United Wholesale Mortgage, like they're going to be sponsoring a TLOP loan officer event. It's going to be a four-hour sales mastermind. Mm -hmm. Head on over to TLOPonline.com. On the main page, you can see the event. You can see the location. You can even register. It's a free event because of the sponsorship. Shout out to the free sponsors. Yeah, we're totally looking forward to it. We have our flights booked, our hotels booked. We're going to come up there. And if you're a mortgage loan originator, we're going to bring the noise. We're going to bring the noise. But today's episode is less about the loan originator. We're going to make content for the client of the loan originator. The home buyer. The realtor. Oh. Realtors are the number one client of most mortgage loan originators. The home buyer is the 1B client. Oh, Realtors sure. 1A, the home buyer is 1B. This episode is literally going to be made for the loan officer so they can forward it to their realtor, so the realtor can then forward it to the home buyer. So it can get infected. I mean, it can be infectious. That's why they make it called, you know, that's why they make it called, like, it's called viral. Yes, so it goes viral. Yes. Yes, we're making better. an episode for first time home buyers. That's what we're doing. Yes. So if you're a first time home buyer and you found this because you're on YouTube, we say thank you. Thanks. Go check out a bunch of our other episodes because I promise we don't just talk about mortgage and real estate. We're making this episode for real estate agents who need content to then share with potential clients. We're making this for loan officers who need content to share with their realtors. We're making this for loan officers and realtors so that they can hear how other people teach home buying in hopes that it'll make them better professionals. There you go. Basically, 65% of the American populace is gonna get value from this episode because we're also making this episode for the parents who have adult-aged children. Get out my damn house. Who won't leave the house. Yes, yes, I love doing these episodes. I know you do, because ain't nothing I wrong love with living doing these at home. Ain't nothing wrong with living at home forever. So we're going to let ChatGPT pick the title. We are, I, you hate it, John. I no, 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 I know you know. I, I was going to concede this. I was like, watch this episode blow up because of the algorithm that you use behind the ChatGPT title. So. Yes, there you go. I went to ChatGPT. I gave it like a three-sentence prompt of what I wanted. It gave me one title. I didn't like it. I asked it to give Ooh, me a better one. So, okay, good. And it gave me that one. I'm like, I'll go with that one. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. It might not matter. People might be like, y'all, that's still garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, yeah, right. let's let's get busy. Let's okay. get after it. All right. I, I saved I have a hundred I have a thousand dollars in my bank account. I'm ready to buy a home. Where do I go? You have a thousand dollars in your bank account ready to buy a home. I would tell you right off the get-go, I don't think you're ready, John. I don't think you're ready, but let's start. Let's let's take this step by step. Yeah. When do you know? that you're ready. Because people want to know, well, where do I start? I want to buy my first house. I have no idea where to start. Okay, you don't start right away on Zillow or on realtor.com or on EXP's website. You don't. You don't even start with a loan officer yet. You don't. The first place you start is with yourself and whoever you're buying the home with. Spouse, significant other, best friend, who have you. Sibling. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing you have to ask yourself is this question. 
Am I confident in the stability of my income slash employment? Meaning when you sit down on a scale of one to 10 and you rate, how confident am I that I'm going to continue to make this money? I'm going to continue to stay employed. That better be a seven, eight, nine, or 10. That should be the, the scale. If you're not seven, eight, nine, or 10 confident, you're probably not ready to buy a house. Like you're just not like renting is great for you. The second question you need to ask yourself, how confident am I that I'm going to be living in this geographic area for the next minimum of three, preferably five years, minimum of three, preferably five. Okay. Again, scale of one to 10, one means not confident at all. I can get up, move tomorrow. 10 is like, this is home forever. I ain't never leaving. Mm. Okay. You need to be seven, eight, nine, or 10 because it costs money to enter into real estate. You have closing costs. You have to pay home inspections, sometimes realtor transaction fees, moving costs, etc. When you sell that property, there are costs you have to pay closing costs, realtor commissions, moving costs, etc. So I have found that if you sell before three years, more than likely, you didn't earn enough equity through appreciation to offset those costs, at which point it just wouldn't made sense for you to continue to rent. Assuming all things are equal and your rent was for the most part within a couple hundred dollars of what it would cost to, 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 own, to have a mortgage, to own a house. So assuming you're seven to 10 on your confidence with your income and job stability, and then you're seven out of 10, seven or seven to 10 in terms of your confidence that you're going to be in this geographic location for a minimum of three years, preferably five years. Now you can move on to step three. Step three would be what's your comfort monthly payment. Some of you know that just like that. 1750. Yeah. You know it. You're a budget guy. You run your budget. You know how much your wife brings in, you know how much you bring in, you know what your bills are, your lifestyle is. You are comfortable paying 1750. Other people have never even given it a thought. I hate the B word. Budget? I hate that to this day. Yeah, most people do. They also hate getting on a scale. They also hate going to the doctor to have their, their blood taken to make mm. sure that they're healthy. But all of those things are advisable <laughs> if you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So think about what your comfort monthly payment is. Now, there's some rules of thumb out there. Like a good rule of thumb would be your monthly payment should never exceed three and a half times your gross monthly income. So take your gross monthly income, whether it's single or into or, or dual household times it by two and a half to three and a half. That should tell you rule of thumb. That's a comfort payment range that you could or should be in, or take your gross monthly income, divide it by four and whatever number is left that could, should be a nice rule of thumb for you. Okay. Right. But sometimes you look at that number, you're like, nah, man, I'm still not comfortable. Maybe you have hell of a lot of student loans and you just learned that they ain't getting to, mm, <laughs> getting yeah, forgiven. What the hell? Yeah. So you still have to go with like the whole, what makes you sleep good at night. Then you have to ask yourself, how much money do I have set aside to go towards this transaction? Nothing. I want to put as much money down as I can so I can pay it off as fast as possible. Dustin. Well, I don't get that. You have nothing to put down. No, no, I'm going to no, save everything. I have nothing after because all my money's going towards my down payment. I have nothing set aside for. Well, hopefully after. you and your loan officer, if you have a really good loan officer, will discuss the pros and cons of that strategy. Mm. But right now I want you to say, how much money do you have? Is it 500 bucks? You said it was a thousand dollars when we kicked off the show. Yep. 
Is it 5,000 or is it 100,000? Whatever that dollar amount is, you should understand like how, like what it is. I have hopped on the phone with potential home buyers throughout my career. And I'm like, hey, how much money have you allocated to go towards this transaction? And they look at me like I have five heads. So my first thought is they don't know what the word allocated means. That's correct. So I was like, okay, hey, how much money have you set aside for things like down payment and closing cost? And then when it's deer in the headlights, I'm like, all right, cool. Shit, you don't that means to... that means they haven't made it through steps one, two, three, yeah. right? So now we need to talk about that. But my number that I give anyone five grand, I think you should have five thousand dollars saved. Period. End of story. Now it may be all saved in like something ridiculous, like a whole life insurance policy. It could be all saved in your four hundred one k. But you gotta have the ability to save money because when you own a home has a ton of great benefits. You're now paying a mortgage, which part of your payment is principal reduction, which meant you're paying your loan down, which means that's a forced savings. Mm -hmm. Your home, if history continues to do what it's done the past 50 plus years, will appreciate, appreciate. it'll go up in value. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are all benefits. It'd be, it'd be great to pay down your loan by $3,600. That's basically a forced savings of 3,600. It'd be great if your home went up in value by $3,600 because there's 36 plus 36 is $7,200. But your house may cost you money, whether it's a new uh, appliance, whether it's some kind of a water leak that requires you to do some kind of a water mm -hmm. remediation. It could be, um, I don't know, you need roof. a new window. It could be a roof. It could be an AC. It could be a hot water heater, right? All this shit Something could be landscaping. It could be a pool pump. Something is going to go... So you have to be able to budget for that. So people who own homes have to also show a history of being able to save money because you need to save money for the what ifs in life. When you rent, you don't really have to worry about that. That's a benefit of renting. So even if we are going to utilize, like if you're in the state of Florida, like the loan officers that work for the mortgage company that I work for, man, they're crushing this thing called Hometown Heroes Hometown right now. Heroes. Yeah, I'm sure you're creating a lot of content for them. It has them. been expanded to not just first responders, paramedics, and the like. It's been expanded to all first-time home buyers, but it's still good if you're a veteran. There you go. All right. But, like, in the state of Florida, they're giving out thirty-five, up to $35,000 in down payment assistance. But even if you're having your down payment and closing costs covered, let's say you are a veteran, you are active duty military. That's a phenomenal 100% financing loan. One of my favorite loan products out there. And let's say you can negotiate that the builder or, sell, or seller pays your closing cost. You still should have five grand. Like you should still have reserve assets left over. So I start with anybody at a minimum have $5,000 of your own money. Even if mom and dad are gifting you, even if you're getting down payment assistance, even if you are using a 100% financing loan and the seller's paying all your closing costs, you need five grand. That's where I'm starting. Then once you've made it past that, Right. So you've asked the two tough questions about employment, job stability, geographic location. You've discussed with yourself or with your significant other comfort monthly payment. You've even maybe done some of the rules of thumb I just shared. You make sure you have five grand in in assets. I'm not talking about gold bullion. Right. Or like, I'm talking about something that you could gain like liquidity, you could liquidate in then three three days or less. Like my assets. Could, like, does my PS Five qualify? Seriously, it does not. It do, seriously, like if I have a bunch of electronics, like a no. fancy TV. No, I'm not. No, it doesn't count. So what it has to be like a boat or something? I don't even want to count your boat, John. How hard is it to sell your boat? Uh, and what do you owe on your boat? I don't know. I if you to... need to have fast cash now, yeah. selling your boat's probably not the option. 
Mm. Now, I want you to have money. Gotcha. I really do, but I'm okay with a 401k if need be. Gotcha. Or an IRA because you could cash that in, pay the penalty, et cetera. Um, but no, once you have that, now your next step, talk to a lender. Not just any lender, by the way. Literally not just any lender. Like No two lenders are alike. The good news about the mortgage industry is know this. The business model is basically the same, right? A lender goes out and raises money, whether they borrow it themselves or which they always borrow it. You're either borrowing it from depositors or you're borrowing it from a warehouse lender. They then reissue that money to you at a higher rate and they pick up the spread. That's how banking is done. So at the end of the day, mortgage companies and banks are for the most part borrowing around the same amount. The cost to produce is right around the same amount. And then the end product is right around the same amount. Okay, you need to find a lender who's gonna consult you, a lender who's gonna answer your questions, a lender who's gonna walk you through the process, a lender who understands there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all mortgage, right? Ask your realtor for a recommendation. If you have a friend who recently bought a house, ask that friend, hey, not just who did you use, but what was your experience like? Would you use that person again? Look for Google five-star reviews. Look for Zillow five-star reviews, right? Call a couple of them, have a conversation with them. Ask them, hey, what separates you from your competition, right? And it needs to be about the experience. It needs to be about the fact that they tailor make financing to match your financial needs, wants, and goals, that they're teaching you something, that they are going to help get your offer accepted, right? Because it's competitive out there. And when it's competitive, you need a lender who's advocating for you. Doesn't matter how cheap that interest rate quote was, if that interest rate quote and the lender who provided it isn't helping you actually get the home under contract because you're just going to be another sad potential home buyer who can't get an offer accepted, right? So have that consultation. And then once you feel comfortable, your next step is to go sit down with a realtor. You need a realtor. You may want to talk to a couple realtors. Maybe you want to try to find someone who personality matches. Maybe there's a series of questions you want to ask that realtor about their experience, about their negotiating style, about how they operate their business, et cetera. You know, what type of transaction fees do they charge? Are they willing to give back any of their commission to help you cover closing costs? Like those are questions you could ask a realtor. I just advise anybody that even cheap comes with a price, hmm. right? So picking the cheapest realtor may cost you paying 10 grand more for that house. Picking the cheapest realtor may end up costing you never getting an offer accepted. Same thing with a lender, right? Same thing with many services. There's a reason why I stay at Marriott's and not at Days Inn, right? There's a reason for that. There's a reason why I fly Delta all day, every day, and not Spirit or Allegiant, Spirit unless Front, I have to. Spirit Frontier, Allegiant, Silver Airways, I can keep going. Yes. Unless I have to. I've had great experiences on all, all those airlines. Watch your mouth. It's just not my preference. That's just not the experience that, that, that I'm looking for and what I'm willing to pay for. Right? Last episode, you made fun of my jacket because it's expensive. But you know, it's custom made and it gets compliments and it wears really well. By wears, I mean, it looks good on me and it doesn't get dinged up, banged up. Like, yeah, it's going to last. I spent a little bit of extra money up front to make sure I had a quality product going to last me a decade. Okay, so then you talk to a realtor. That's how it goes. And then you start looking for homes. 
and then you start looking for I homes. Think every, so yeah. many people want to reverse they start that. As a reverse pyramid. Let's start looking at homes. Why? Because that's sexy. That's it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, I want to fall in love first and then get heartbroken when I find out I don't qualify. Duh. Yes. Like, no. No, it's just there's a process. Right. Trust the process. So get, what are the most common pitfalls you see first-time home buyers make? In today's market specifically, it's um, not trusting the professionals that they have selected to be on their side. Mm. Right? I have someone that is um, near and dear to our family younger professional she's a rock star just an absolute rock star she reached out to us three years ago wanting to buy our first house we bent over backwards we did everything we can we got her pre-approved we answered her questions like we just crushed it and she had champagne taste with the beer budget and i get it she was scared she's single in her 20s which meant single income not dual income Sinks. which meant if something went sideways it wasn't going to look good for her now, she could have bought the home. She could have had a roommate. And then she could have taken that roommate's pay and put it into a separate account and use that separate account to keep the home up and, and deal with maintenance. She could have asked the seller to get a home warranty. She could have made sure that she spent the extra 200 bucks a year for a great insurance policy and not a cheap insurance policy. That's homeowner's insurance, by the way. But what she didn't do is buy. Well, that home that she would have bought for $145,000 just three years ago, today, selling for two twenty-five. Quarter mil. Like, like, let me almost quarter. I know. <laughs> let, let, but let me ask you something. Where can a 26 or 27 year old young professional in three years time generate what would have been over $70,000 in wealth? No. So now there's a massive opportunity cost. Now, hopefully she learns from this. Hopefully she learns. But, you know, I get it. I get the fear. I get the fear of unknown, the fear of uncertainty. Um, but so a lot of times I, I, I noticed that Champagne taste, beer budget. They walk into a house that fits their budget, but they can't get past the dirty carpet. They can't get past the fact that all they really need to do is pay 1200 bucks to have the home painted, rip up the, the carpet and put down some laminate laminate. Yeah. Uh, go to home Depot themselves and buy a whole bunch of new plastic covers for all the electrical receptacles, replace the ceiling fans, have the house pressure washed. And then just bring a landscape company out to cut everything down. And all of a sudden, mm. it's a brand new house. Mm -hmm. But they can't mentally get there. And those would be probably the biggest decisions. And then the, the, the biggest mistakes, quote unquote, in today's market. In general, I have two. In general, I see this. They look at it as their forever home. Y'all, I'm going to ask you a question. How many people, adults, do you know that the home that they currently live in, I'm talking people in their mid to late thirties, their mid forties and their fifties, those types of people, the home they live in is the first home they ever bought. Very few. This is your first house, not your forever house. This is your starter house. That's why we call it a starter house. Okay. So when you're buying it, just say, does this work for the next three to seven years? And the second thing is they think of their mortgage. I just wrote an entire article for this. Um, they think of their mortgage as a 30 year decision and it's not. You're going to have your mortgage for five to seven years. And in today's market, where rates are 7% just about, mm. you may have this mortgage for only two years. In two years, there's a great chance that awesome lender that you got connected with, that awesome lender is going to be calling you saying, hey, John, I can drop your rate from seven down to four and a half with a refinance. 
and that's going to save you 350 bucks a month. Call me back. And you'll be like, that's amazing, <laughs> loan officer, because my wife's car is getting ready to go, and we were worried about how we were going to pay it. Now we can use the savings on our mortgage to afford this car payment. There you go. Yeah, so I think those are the three things that I would answer. But quickly spoken, for anyone who's looking to purchase their first house or they have children who are looking to purchase their first house or you have clients looking to purchase their first house, these are the thoughts that go into the entire process starting before you reach out to the professionals and then when you get the professionals. The professionals that you need on your, your, your side are really good loan originator who takes a consultative approach, who tailor makes financing to match your financial needs, wants, and goals, and also make sure you get closed on time, who also advocates on your behalf in order to make sure your offer gets accepted, who has the ability to close you quickly, right? Like someone who's on your side, who's on your team, who's fighting for you. And you need a real estate agent who does the same exact thing. And by the way, I'm not even anti people who are newer in their careers because they may bring an amazing life experience from a previous career. What I care about for those people is who's the team behind them. Right, because we all, we all had to start somewhere. I was once a rookie loan originator asking someone to trust me with the largest purchase of their life. But I knew that when they were using me, they weren't just getting me. They were getting me, plus my mentor, Nicole, plus my manager, Rob, plus my uh, underwriting manager, Michelle Baker. Shout out to Michelle Baker. She's still an underwriter. She's still in the uh, mortgage industry. 20 years ago, but that was my team. They were getting me and my processor. Right, so yes, I was the face guy. Yes, I was collecting the information, but I had a great team behind me. So don't be afraid if someone's new. If they treat you well, if they introduce you to great thoughts and great concepts and you trust they're going to advocate for, you, for yourself, don't discount them because they're new. Just make sure they have a great team behind them. Ask them questions about their team. Or you look for someone with experience, someone who has a proven track record, someone who comes highly recommended. They have all those reviews, at which point, the odds are in your favor that you're going to have the same experience that thousands of others have had. There you go. That's all I have to say about that, John Coleman. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have found our podcast for the first time because you were lured in by the title that ChatGPT came up with, then by all means, we ask you to please check out some other episodes. If you're on YouTube, I love using the search bar feature within our page because you can type in keywords and see through 300 plus episodes, all the content we have covered. This is not the first nor the last episode we've done on home buying. We've done some on financing homes, but we've done many others that have nothing to do with real estate or with finance. Mm -hmm. Our mission is to teach shit they did not teach in school. That's S-H-I-T. That is S-H-I-T, just like it sounds. <laughs> He's John Coleman, I'm Dustin Owen. That's all the time we have for you today. We look forward to seeing you in Charlotte, North Carolina, and catching you on the next episode. Peace.